Monica Dulcio, and welcome to the podcast, Here's What I Think, a weekly podcast that covers news, politics, pop culture, updates on my life, and new recommendations regarding music, television, film, and podcasts that I think you guys should also listen to. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate your support. If you'd like to know how you can support me even more, please become a patron on my Patreon page. The link will be in the description of the podcast. Your support means the world to me. I really hope that you enjoy listening to this podcast. Thank you all so much for your support once again, and stay blessed. what I think. I am your one and only host, Monica Dulcio, and I hope you are doing very well. So this week is another Patreon podcast because I have reached a new goal on Patreon. I have gone past my $25 limit and I'm very thankful to my very special Patreons. You all mean a lot to me and so I'm going to shout out three patrons who are my favorite people this week. Usually when I do favorite people, I choose um, celebrities, basically. But this week, I am going to shout out some very special people. I am shouting out Natalie Purser, who is an avid, avid uh, person on my, uh, sorry, she is an avid person on my Twitter. She's very, like, nice. She's always liking my stuff. And yeah, I think she's really cool. So, yeah. Also, I'd like to shout out Stephen Cash. Oh, sorry. Stephen Cash, otherwise at that film guy 93 He responds to my kind of... He responds to my stuff. He's really nice. He's pretty great. And I'd also like to shout out Patricia McIsaac. I believe that's how you say her name. And she recently um pledged twenty dollars which is kind of insane but really great thank you so much patricia you mean a lot to me i really appreciate that that's really awesome so yeah those are my favorite people this week so let's just i can't speak today let's just get right into it this is going to be a pretty short podcast for you guys I'm not really going to talk about much, just um, two things, basically, because um, Natalie suggested I talk about the double standards between Frank, Al Franken and more, and one more, and then um, that film guy, 93, otherwise Stephen Cash, uh, he said that I should talk about the Biden allegations. So basically today, we're talking about sexual assault again, which is great. And I'm very, I have to say that I myself am like happy and proud of all the women who have come forward and talked about like men who are powerful 
who have assaulted them, who have hurt them, who have made them feel uncomfortable, basically. And I'm proud of them because when that happens to you, it's very weird and you feel very comfortable and like strange and you don't know who to tell. You don't know what to do, you know? And when you come forward, you talk about it, you know, many people think, well, is she trying to get this person fired? Is she trying to harm this person? Is she looking for money? Or is she just looking for closure? She's just trying to come forward so that people are not scared to come forward and that we can be open about sexual assault and how often it happens in our society and how we sometimes normalize it or just ignore it or just brush it off and move on. Because a lot of times the people who are accused are people who you look up to and people you like and you know, you don't want to see them in any light different than how you've already pictured them. You know, some, a, lot of people, a lot of times the people who are accused of sexual assault, they are famous, they're well known, and they're kind of put on a pedestal. You know, Al Franken was um, a kind of a hero to John Lovett. If you, don't, if you don't know who John Lovett is, John Lovett is basically like the host of Love It or Leave It. He is a crooked media contributor. He is a co-host on Positive America. And I was listening to one of the podcasts and they were talking about like Positive America. And basically Positive America is like four white guys who used to work for Obama who now just talk about politics, you know, on their podcast. And I love the podcast. It's a great podcast. And they were talking about it. And I remember Tommy Vitor said that as... Um, as a bunch of Obama bros, <laughs> I think that's the term he used, like, but they're just like a couple dude bros and they have to talk about sexual assault. They have to talk about like abuse and like rape in our society because it's important for men to have this discussion because women cannot be the only people at the forefront sharing their voices because usually women are people don't believe women, you know, people try to discredit the women. And usually they'll ignore women's accusations, they'll ignore women's stories. But when a guy comes forward and they're honest about what's going on and they're honest about the society that kind of allows men to treat women however they want without consequences, when we're honest about what's going on, we can work harder and move forward to making society better. You know? And I feel like with the Al Franken and Roy Moore kind of debacles people are trying to make this a partisan issue and it's not it's not a partisan issue you know sexual assault can happen in any political landscape honestly just because you're a democrat doesn't mean you are free of all mistakes just because you are a republican doesn't mean you're a terrible person but you know Roy Moore is awful like I don't know how someone gets banned from a mall but he did that and, you know, what happened with Al Franken was very gross and very wrong. And I feel like, I think he apologized at least twice. And it's good for you to apologize. It's good for you to come forward and be honest and, like, you know, um, share your story, I guess. I don't know. It's good to, like, admit what happened, you know. And in the case of Al Franken, the woman he forward, ugh, I'm so... I feel really bad I forgot her name okay now I feel bad because I don't remember her name she um she um she she's a radio host well now I feel terrible because I don't remember her name but 
she's a radio host and she came forward and she talked about um al franken like grabbing her and kissing her and that was like unwanted attention that he gave her and she, um she says how she doesn't want him to be fired she doesn't want him to sit down she just wanted to share her story because so many women are coming forward with their stories and she just wanted to open up about it and you know he apologized and i guess some people are asking him to step down and i feel like that's entirely up to him probably if he wants to not be a senator anymore um i feel like that that's his choice basically and with roy moore a lot of republicans have been trying to like figure out there are republicans who either believe that he should step down or they should write in a candidate or that he should keep running because they think that this the story is being pushed by the liberal media in order to like sully his bad name which is wrong because the women who came forward like one of the women who came forward she voted for trump you know she is a republican and she's part of his party and yet and she came forward with this because you know it happened to her and supportively listened to her story and roy moore was trash before this whole story came to light like many of his constituents knew about this about his like pedophilia kind of thing and it was a rumor basically but um it was a rumor and then you know the story came out confirming and there were like I don't know how many women have come forward recently. I think it's 12 now. Last time I heard it was eight. But if this many women have come forward to like confirm the story multiple times, it's not a lie. You have to trust these women and these stories because they're not coming forward and saying these things and opening up to like print media or online pub news publications just for the heck of it. Obviously, these women are constituents in the state. They probably know people who would vote for Roy Moore or they know people who have voted against him or these women who before they've probably voted for Roy Moore so that he could and they're probably planning on voting for him because he lined up with their ideals but the fact that he did this to them and that he's not facing repercussions is sick and it's gross and it's terrible and also the fact that Al Franken is not being punished for this could lead Roy Moore to win in the Alabama governor race you know and also to Roy Moore, he's not a good person, y'all. He says that Muslims should not um, be in Congress. That's only because Keith Ellison, who is an open Muslim practicing practicing Muslim person, is a congressman. You know, he said that in response to Keith Ellison, which is gross and disgusting, completely Islamophobic. And even before this pedophilia, all these pedophile allegations, Roy Moore was trash. You know, and all these um, allegations coming forward of him being a pedophile just makes him more trash. And it sucks, basically. It would, I, I can't imagine what it's like to have to work or have to like live your life and you see the person who like violated you you see the person who made you feel like very much uncomfortable and gross the person who hurt you that person who assaulted you 
you see them like on TV and in news programs and you hear people talking about how much you love that person and you see that person making money off of book deals or like you hear that person being called a hero and you know this person as that is the man who assaulted me that's the person who violated me that's the person who made me feel so uncomfortable when I was young that I don't know how to feel now I don't know what that's like but I know that when women come forward with the stories it's difficult and it's hard and we have to listen to them despite the fact that they're accusing someone that you look up to or if they're accusing someone that you hate you know their stories are valid their stories matter their stories have meaning and when we take the time to acknowledge what they've gone through and show that we are hearing them we are listening and show that their stories matter it makes a difference to other people who are going through this you know no matter how major the sexual violation was against you or how minor standing up and speaking out about it is difficult and it's hard and women are scared but when we show support to them when we show that we care about these stories and we show that we believe the victims of these stories then it makes a huge difference in our society and we can move forward as people honestly and also i wanted to talk because um Stephen cash wanted me to talk about the joe biden allegations and honestly i knew about the joe biden allegations while um while obama was president and i talked to people about it and people were like oh you're being like you're being weird oh you're waiting too much into it because i remember joe biden someone was speaking and he whispered into a girl's ear then kissed her on the cheek and she was so creeped out and i saw that and i was like oh my gosh no because i like joe biden i think he's great but when he did that it made my stomach churn and then i saw another instance when he was whispering into a woman's ear and he was like kind of touching her or hugging her and he was his mouth was so close to her ear my stomach turned and i was like oh my gosh not joe biden because i liked him so much and it was it was weird it was creepy and i'm looking at this article right now where there's just pictures of joe biden being very creepy and very handsy towards um different women in the white house and it was it's very strange you know and you know because joe biden is like he was i remember watching a cnn report on it and the story lasted for like an hour because no one cared because everyone loved joe biden he was a nice guy he was funny he was easily likable he would he smiled all the time you know he was a great vice president and people just it was as cringy as it was people just assumed that he was overly friendly and that it was just him being himself and that what he was doing was completely innocent and that's how easily we brush off sexual harassment and sexual assault even though these are small gestures it's really weird like what he was doing to these girls was really weird and all these these Biden allegations they stem from something like deeper you know because Joe Biden is like at the forefront of the he's like a, of being like for like sexual assault 
being like people who were sexual harassers. He wants them to be persecuted, you know. He was at the Emmys, like the Oscars or whatever, talking about how sexual assault, sexual abuse needs to be called out and we need to talk about it and like how Lady Gaga and like Joe Biden have like championed the conversation against sexual assault. Like he was that guy. He talked about he did like a sketch with Adam Devine about campus sexual assault. Like he was like every time you talk about sexual assault or any campaign, he's right there next to you. He's like right there sitting there spouting facts, statements, all of that. Like he is like completely on the side of the victims. But history says it differently because, you know, if you don't know, um, there was a woman, Anita Hill, um, who had a testimony against um, Clarence Thomas, you know, and I honestly don't remember a lot about the Anita Hill, Clarence Thomas whole thing, but I do remember the fact that, um, Emily Carey Washington, she did a HBO documentary called Confirmation. And I also even made to watch it. I heard it did really well. And as much as I love Carrie Washington, because she is that bitch. Oh my gosh. So proud of her for doing that. Amazing. Gorgeous. Phenomenal. Beautiful. Amazing woman. I love her. Like I love Carrie Washington so much. I think she's really great. But, um, she did a, she made, I guess, I guess a documentary kind of film on what happened to Anita Hill. And basically Anita Hill, who is an eternity, attorney, what did I say? An eternity? I'm so terrible at words right now, but Anita Hill, she is an attorney. And in 1991, she accused her then boss, Clarence Thomas, of sexual harassment after he was nominated to Supreme Court. Her testimony to the Senate Judiciary, Judiciary Committee became a national sensation, and her credibility came under attack from members of the panel. Thomas, he denied ever harassing her, and then he was confirmed to Supreme Court. And then Biden, who was a senator at the time, he was a chairman on the committee, and he came under criticism for how he handled the Thomas hearings. And then he refused to call three other witnesses who were prepared to make accusations against Thomas. And that part, that like, just that alone, it could have hurt him if he ran for um, president in 2016, which he didn't, of course. Or if he does in 2020, which I don't think he will, honestly, but who knows? Who knows? I don't know the future. And it kind of, it's... It's, it's it's very hypocritical and ironic to the fact that he now is like against sexual assault hardcore but in 1991 there was a there was a literal situation within the politics in DC where a woman is coming forward of sexual harassment and he just he handles it terribly you know he doesn't call any other witnesses and it sheds light on like probably how he actually feels about sexual harassment. And then there is him being kind of grabby and kind of creepy and kind of like overly friendly to people, to women in the White House and children in the White House. And all this comes together and it kind of dismantles this idea of Joe, who's like the uncle, who's like funny, who cares about sexual assault, where like 
he keeps talking about sexual assault. He keeps saying that he's against it. He keeps saying that he's for the victims over and over, over and over and over again. He says this. But when you look at his actions, when you look at how he acts, when you look at what he does, it automatically makes what he says and what he claims to believe hypocritical. You know, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. So let me read some of this article. I'm on this, it's this article called The Hill. And basically, let me read some of it to you so you can hear what I'm saying. So Biden, who was a Delaware senator, uh, was on the Judiciary Committee Chairman, who was the Judiciary Committee Chairman at the time. Um, wait, are you with that? Sorry. He was asked during an event earlier this month if there is anything he would do differently with regards to Hill in light of the context of the changing culture and women being brave enough to come forward. And Biden said, let's get something straight. I believed Anita Hill. I voted against Clarence Thompson. And he said that he felt that he felt that Hill was victimized. And he also said, there's no question in my mind and every single solitary person on that committee who believed her voted no on Thomas's confirmation. That's what he said. And he also said that he was sorry if Hill believes she didn't get a fair process. And he also said that I'm so sorry that she had to go through what she went through Think of the courage that it took for her to come forward. So then Hill criticized Biden and the other members, saying that they should have been using best practices to show leadership on the issue on behalf of women's equality, and they did just the opposite. She also said that you can't move people forward into a process where you know they're not going to be treated fairly. That's not being heard, but something we're struggling with right now. Women are coming in to make a complaint, and the process is unfair, and employers are saying, well, we have a process. Well, that's not enough. We've, we've got to be able to come into a system that respects and values our experiences and our work and our integrity, and, not, and we're not there yet. And, um, yeah. And I, I can see, like, it's easy for Biden now to be like, you know, she's so brave for doing it. And I believed her. Like, I voted no. It's easy for him to say that because, you know, no one, <laughs> the reporter who was asking him the question about like Anita Hill and the testimony and what's happening now. No, you know, the reporter who was asking him that question, they weren't there when he voted. They don't know if he actually voted no or he voted yes. He could probably be lying. We're not sure. Like, it's very easy for him to say whatever he can say now because he is a powerful white man who is very likable within the Democratic Party and is an easy candidate for pres for a presidential run in 2020. You know, what's what how he handled Anita Hill's testimony could damage his standing with black women, but probably not to the point where it would cost him not probably not to the point where it would slip certain Democratic lawmakers' mind to have him announce his run for 2020. You know, it's easy for him to do that now because he's built this image of being against sexual assault. It's easy for him to say it now because people say, oh, he's changed, he's learned, he's matured, he's a better person, you know, he, he's not in the same mindset as he was then. But even then, he was a he was a grown person. He was an adult man, you know. And 
to have her go through these hearings knowing that she won't be treated fairly knowing that she prop that he probably that clarence thomas probably still would have been seating knowing that anita hill was not going to get the justice that she deserved having her go through that process is totally horrible and awful and just ridiculous and yeah it's unfair it's unjust you know and I don't want to say anything on Biden's character because I don't know him because I'm not like Biden's best friend you know I don't know like his story I don't know his thoughts in his mind but wait I gotta burp uh excuse me I'm sorry I burped like I don't know everything about the guy but I gotta be honest in saying that if there were more people that come forward Hey guys, my, okay, if you're hearing this, that means that um, my microphone died again. I don't know if it died or if it got unplugged. It keeps doing this when I'm recording where I check my, like, I check my voice recording and like, it's just kind of still. So I have to stop it and that means my microphone was unplugged in the middle. I don't know how it gets unplugged because it's securely plugged in. Like I checked it. But, you know, I don't know if you heard me talking about Anita Hill and Joe Biden. But if you don't know who Anita Hill is, basically, she um, she was an attorney. She worked with Clarence Thomas and he was about to be nominated to the Supreme Court. And then she came forward saying that he sexually harassed her. And then Joe Biden was on the Judiciary Committee. He's the chairman. And he said that... Um, he basically didn't handle the hearings well and Anita Hill went through some really bad things in her life. She like it was just difficult for her and then Clarence Thomas became Supreme Court and like recently Joe Biden said that whatever Anita Hill went through, you know, it's so terrible that she went through that. And, you know, now he's painting himself as against sexual assault and sexual harassment. And I feel like this image he's built against sexual assault sexual harassment this whole thing that he's created this kind of like this box that's protecting him from all these allegations it's just like this strategy that's going to secure him to get the democratic nomination for president in 2020 and it sucks because so many times black women are black women will come forward with sexual assault sexual harassment and black women are more likely to be sexually abused than white women because at a young age, um, black women, we mature faster physically and emotionally. And whether it be family members or teachers or guys in our class or just random people on the street, they assume that we're older than we actually are and then we're treated older, we're perceived to be more knowledgeable about sexual desires than white girls are and white women are allowed to be innocent allowed to be kids and we are more likely to be disciplined when we're younger and we're more likely to be seen as defiant and loud and that carries on into your older life and then when you're older um you know you could be sexually harassed sexually abused you're demeaned you're seen as uh just not an equal to a white woman and you know people may not admit to thinking that way 
but it's how they think. It's how they act. And you see that in Centoya Brown with what happened to her. And you see it with people like Tamir. Right? Like you just see it everywhere. And it sucks. And it's, it's sad. And, you know, with Anita Hill, it sucks that she wasn't believed. It sucks that um, no one really supported her. You know, and I found this article and I just wanted to read it to you guys about it. I just wanted to read this to you guys so we can like, I can just respond to it, basically. All right. Okay, my microphone's still recording, so to make sure. All right. So, um, Anita Hill, she told uh, Washington Post, I believe, she told it that she said that she believes Biden didn't take responsibility on how unfairly she was treated. She, unfairly she was treated. She said, women were looking to the Senate Judiciary Committee and his leadership to really open the way to have these kind of hearings. They should have been using best practices to show leadership on this issue on behalf of women's equality, and they did just the opposite. Biden apologized to Hill at a Glamour magazine event, and he said he was so sorry, and Hill said she didn't think his comment takes, and Hill said she still doesn't think his comment takes ownership of his role of what happened. And she said it was a qualified apology. And it was sort of sorry, it's like, I'm sorry if you were offended. And he declined to be interviewed by the Post and he declined to comment on Hill's response. And that does make sense because like a lot of things that Biden is doing, like um, pushing for tougher punishments on campus, sexual assault, and pushing for society to talk more about sexual assault. That's great. That's good. And it's great that he's kind of using his power and influence to push these conversations. But it means nothing if you don't actually believe it. If you don't actually act on it. And it means nothing if you're known as that creepy guy in the White House who hugs and kisses children and women when they don't want you to hug and kiss them. You know, everything you say is null and void if your actions do not support how you feel. And honestly, his um, his apology was like, I'm sorry if you were hurt. I'm sorry that what happened to you may have caused you any grief. He had that kind of apology. He didn't really say anything like, I'm sorry that I didn't handle this well and I didn't give you the justice that you deserved and what happened was wrong and stupid because the hearings probably were terrible and didn't actually give her the justice, didn't actually like listen to her didn't actually like I'm sorry I just got really sick and tired because it's great that people are coming forward and talking about this um sexual people are talking about sexual harassment and I feel like we just need to spend more time educating ourselves on Anita Hill because I've known about her for a while and you know, I realize now that with all of these allegations coming forward, we really have to think Anita Hill because her testimony and her coming forward, what happened to her, really did start the wave about studying sexual harassment in the workplace, you know? And if any more allegations do come out about Biden saying that he did possibly sexually harass more women that than we know about then i i will 
I would probably be upset, but I will take the time to listen to these women's stories, hear what they have to say, and then take it in and acknowledge it. Because although you may feel like the person you look up to, the person you follow on Twitter, you may feel like they are being defamed and you feel like this is unfair, you gotta think about how these women feel, like what they went through. Like how this thing happened to them and they had to smile through it. They had to keep quiet. They had to keep it to themselves. They had to hide it inside. And even after they came forward, even after they opened up, even after they spoke, what happened to them, they're probably not being believed. They're probably being discredited. They feel like no one cares. And what they're going through, what they're experiencing, it doesn't matter. And we need to take the time to tell them that what you're going through, it matters. What you said matters. Your life, it matters. Your story, it matters. And... Hello. Hey. Mama said she wants to see you. Sorry, my sister just walked in. No, I asked back. But, um, I feel like we need, uh, and just talk to guys about how their behavior can be seen as creepy and gross and how certain things you do as a guy you think it's like oh it's just dudes being dudes it's just whatever but then if you kind of like ask women and you actually listen to what they say you realize that some things you're doing are not things you should be doing some things your friend will say and joke about it's not something you should laugh off or ignore. Sometimes you need to be like, hey, bro, don't make that joke. That's stupid and gross. And the fact that you thought that is weird. You know? It takes us speaking up and calling out certain things that we just hide under the rug and we just ignore So because we don't want to make things uncomfortable. But sometimes you got to make things uncomfortable in order to make a change because change doesn't come easily. Change doesn't come in like the blink of an eye. It's very slow, it's um, it's heart-wrenching, it's soul-crushing, it drags its feet, but it happens. And we gotta make it happen, you know? It doesn't happen the next day. It doesn't end with like a phone call to your congressman or your senator or your representative. It doesn't end where you just shut down one joke. I don't know when it ends, you know? It may not end in our lifetime, but we can try and make it less shitty for victims now. We can try and make it better for them to open up and talk about their experiences. We can try and listen to people and listen to what they've gone through and listen to how they feel and take it in and not worry about how we feel or how this affects us or how this paints your favorite celebrity or your favorite politician in a negative life. Focus on what the person is saying because you do not know how long this has happened to them. You do not know what emotional, mental toll this has taken on them and how relieved or how scared or however they may feel when they open up. It's important to try not to control how things go, I guess, but just like be open to the change. And I'm ready. I'm ready for Uma Thurman to come out and take come for these necks. Come for these bitches' necks. Because I saw her Thanksgiving post and I was like, this bitch is gonna slice some heads. And I'm 
ready. I'm prepared. I'm gonna sit here with my hands folded in my lap and I'll be like, bitch, take all their lives, okay? Do it, do it now, do it today, do it soon, do it quick, whenever, honey. I'm, I support it. <laughs> so yeah, um, that's basically all I have for you guys today. You know, this is gonna be really short. I'm very sorry that it is, but uh, you know, life <laughs> but thank you so much for listening thank you so much for supporting me on patreon thank you so much for just doing your due diligence and being awesome because i really appreciate it like more than you know uh excuse me i'm sorry i burped <laughs> but yeah um just stay knowledgeable and aware of what's going on with you guys and uh stay blessed <laughs>